Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you hear those words, you can feel good knowing that. State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. Now, let me tell you, girl, I don't got a boat, a motorcycle, or an RV, but State Farm covers my home and my car. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help protect your future by helping you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And you know what? Getting insurance can be so intimidating because you don't know exactly what you need. So having an agent that could help you with each step makes it so much easier. Girl, I feel you on that. So when things get complicated and you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Maybe you like to handle things in person or on the phone with your local agent, or you prefer to do it on statefarm.com or on the award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. I personally am the type of gal that likes to do things through an app. It just makes it more easier than going in person or hopping on a call. So I love that they have that option available. Girl, I like to use an app too. I'm not trying to pull up a person or or a call because I'm way too, I have too much social anxiety for that. I'm trying to do it on the app. So that's why I'm here with State Farm. And that is why, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers Thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I'm a small business owner, and I believe that this is a great tool for other small business owners. In small businesses, you need to create a team. And if you're starting by yourself, Constant Contact can be the team that you need. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by the 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hola, I'm Claudia Romo Edelman. And I'm Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner. And this is a podcast, A La Latina, the playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Today, we have Marisa Solis, a Senior Vice President for Global Brand and Consumer Marketing of the NFL. If you stick around, you're going to learn three key takeaways. Marisa is going to talk to us about, number one, how has she made all her organizations take the big bet? Yes, PepsiCo and the NFL investing the big bucks and, you know, like putting Latinos first, not before building her own credibility. Number two, we're going to learn why Latinos are perfectly suited to be the best employees in any organization because we grow up in circumstances that make us more resilient, more flexible and more adaptable. And that's flipping the script completely. And number three, that this is not about you. In order to promote yourself and get career advancement, try to solve the problem of someone else. 
Stick around. All of that and more here in our podcast, La Latina. A La Latina is proudly presented by Money Lion. Join the millions of Americans just like you who use Money Lion to help reach their American dream. Visit moneylion.com or download the app today. Hola, bienvenidos everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Another podcast, a la Latina edition. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So for today, we're very excited to be here with you, Marisa Solis, Senior Vice President of Global Brand and Consumer Marketing of the NFL. Marisa, let's start early on because we know that our audience, millennial Latinas, young Latinas climbing the ladder, will want to know how did you grow up and especially what of the values that you think have propelled your career? Can you trace back to those early years in Mexico City and then when you moved to Texas with your family? Yeah, I will tell you probably all the values, my core foundation was built when I was growing up. Uh, partly in Mexico City, I lost my dad when I was very young at the age of six. So I had to see my mom really survive on her own. Um, and you know, she later was remarried and when we moved to the States, the only thing they could do in the States was restaurants. So they went into the restaurant business. And the restaurant business, as you know, is really tough. It's 24-7. And you learn very early on that work ethic. Um, my dad used to tell me, there's no job that's a bad job. You know, you, you take pride in everything, whether you're washing dishes or mopping floors or hosting somebody. And it was really that work ethic, that pride in what you do, putting your 110% that I grew up with and it stuck with me, you know, even to till today. And I think that just following up on that, like I know that you went to Georgetown University uh, with the idea of actually becoming a diplomat. We would like to know more about those dreams and then how do we have how do we how do we fast track from from now like i've seen you and we admire you and i think that a lot of latinas would benefit from understanding what the big picture is and what are the steps that you need to take to get there can you talk a bit more about like how was the dream yeah, and definitely. how definitely i mean coming to the states uh, as a mexican immigrant and you know growing up in in south texas I knew I wanted to somehow go back to Mexico or go back to Latin America and help Latin America. And, and the only way I knew how to do that would be to be an ambassador. So I had this whole dream from childhood to be an ambassador to Latin America. Um, I went to Georgetown. I studied to be an ambassador, foreign service. I passed my foreign service exam. So I was ready to go. And literally the day... I graduated, you know, my dean pulled me to the side and said, you know, the reality is that it's going to take a very long time for you to be an ambassador if you go into the foreign service because career officials, you know, tend not to be foreign service or tend not to be ambassadors. Only 2% of career officers make it. Mm -hmm. If you really want to be an ambassador, you got to go make a name for yourself, you know, earn a lot of money, contribute to someone's campaign later on down the road, and then maybe they'll appoint you ambassador somewhere. So I kind of took that advice to heart, and instead of going into the foreign service, I went the corporate route and started my first job in Procter & Gamble in Latin America. I didn't know anything about marketing. Mm -hmm. I just knew that you know I wanted to make a difference, and 
they recognized something in me, and that that was my first job. But but then from there uh, to the NFL, I mean, like we can track honestly an incredible rate of promotions and change and all your hard work. But also, I think that it is related to seeing the big picture and how do you actually get to there faster. And again, you know, like understanding that there's for 100 male promotions, only 71 Latinas get equally promoted. So we're really down behind. And so how do yeah. we fast track those promotions? How have you made it? Yeah, for, for me, it wasn't about getting promoted. So it wasn't about, I want to be the director, or I want to be the president or the vice president. It wasn't about climbing the ladder. For me, it was always about the purpose. Like I just wanted to be have an impact and be a representative of my community. So anytime I saw an opportunity to have bigger visibility, to make a bigger impact, I took it. And it didn't matter if it was going to be director of brand this or, you know, this other thing. And I think that was very freeing for me because I, I see a lot of Latinas, you know, have this vision of like a very structured career path. Okay, I'm going to go in, work really hard, go from manager to senior manager to then director, senior director, maybe vice president, you, you know the yeah. latter. And uh, that can be very limiting. I, I just didn't ever think of it that way. I said, I'm going to go where the opportunity goes and where I have the, you know, the opportunity to make that impact and to be visible and to help solve uh, issues for people. And you have spoken about how sponsors and mentors took a bet on you, wanted you to succeed. So can you tell us like yes. how that happened? Um, mentors played a big role, especially early in the career, because they're more like coaches. You know, mm -hmm. they really tell you sometimes the things you don't want to hear. Um, hey, you need to be better at, you know, you need to know your data better. You need to make sure that you don't talk for five minutes. You've got to have your 30-second speech. You know, they, they're really good at kind of training you to be ready in the moment. Um, I think for me, the breakthrough was the sponsorship piece. And you don't really know. I didn't know that I was building sponsors. Um, what I did know is that I identified the people in my organizations that were the most influential. Uh, mm. And at many times it was the CEO, the head of sales, the head of marketing, the most influential. And I said, I'm going to find out that person's agenda and I am going to make it my mission to solve that person's problem. And that, that was, uh, you know, that, that was it. And, and very early on, you know, in my career at PepsiCo, I mean, I can name countless sponsors that fast-tracked my career. Um, Tom Greco was the head of sales at Frito-Lay. I got to know him uh, because I had an interest in sales as a marketer, mm -hmm. worked with him a couple of times, and he became CEO of Frito-Lay. Um, and he needed somebody to go do like a new venture to uh, launch a frozen product, uh -huh. a frozen snack. Nobody wanted to do it because it was a big risk. It didn't really promise to the promotion. It yeah. was just like a side project of his on the side. And I said, you know what? It's important to him. It's important to the company. I'm, I'm going to go do it. And that was one of the best things I ever did because it exposed me to him, to his leadership. It was an opportunity that nobody else saw mm -hmm. that then later grew the business. It got me in front of Walmart, which, as you know, can be very important in that line of business. Like Walmart yeah. is everything. If Walmart likes your product yeah. as a consumer product company, 
you're in. So that was a very early you know, way that I got myself front and center and the most influential person yeah. in the company. And then he became vested in me and my career. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was, you know, talking about me. He was promoting me at higher up levels in PepsiCo, you know, to Andra Nui, to, you know, the, the people that later on in my career also helped me fast track. So it was important to start by knowing you know, what is it about this person that I can help resolve? How can I be of help to this person, be the problem solver, help grow the organization? It wasn't about me. Yeah. It was about them. But let's pause here. I mean, like, you just dropped so yeah, many so pieces. Like, I was like, like, no, I'm like picking them up. Like, okay, yes. there's one diamond and there's another yes. one. All right, let's, let's, one, I can totally see you as an ambassador, Solis. I love that. I <laughs> yeah. love ambassadors. Me too. Solis so keep, you know, so keep the good vibes. Yes. Yeah. And then the other one, I just want to understand. So wait, what you're saying is the way to progress and bring value is by finding what problem can you solve. This is not about Absolutely. you. And the, your promotion depends on how much you're solving someone. Can you like break those two pieces down a little bit more? What you need to do is do a little bit of research and understand whoever you're going to ask, whether it's that company CEO or the head of marketing or whoever, what is that person's biggest agenda item? Like, what is that person's biggest challenge? And you go in there and be very well prepared because it, it's like a minute. You don't, you, you have like a minute to make your case. And you make your case and you say, I know you have this issue. I know that, you know, this is going to be the way to grow the company or grow our marketing. Here's what I'm going to bring to the table. And I propose that, you know, you help me help you. You don't even ask for the promotion. You need to understand the role you play within the organization and how you can help that add value. We would like to know how how did you get to the NFL? Probably, as uh, Cynthia was asking, like you you got many phone calls, but then you chose those. You chose this one to pick it up and come. Why was the decision of the NFL? How how was it in your own also? you know, like personal growth line. I could probably write a whole book about that chapter and that decision. It was not an easy decision. I mean, people say, you work for the NFL, that must have been, you know, a no-brainer. The NFL calls you, of course you say yes. Um, it was a very hard decision. I wasn't expecting the call at all. I was in a very, very good place at PepsiCo. I mean, you, you hear me talk about the company. I, you know, I bleed blue. I say I love that company. All the leaders there are incredible. So I had a vision already of what my career was going to be. I already had my PepsiCo career in my mind. So this phone call came completely out of the blue. And I remember it distinctly because, you know, the, the headhunter said, hey, you know, I have this job leading brand for an iconic whatever organization. I said, hey, you know what? I already work for an iconic organization. I probably don't need to hear it. So there's probably five brands that I would actually entertain. And he said, well, you probably should hear this one. It's the NFL. <laughs> I said, the, as in the National Football I got, League. I got goosebumps. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, and even then, you know, I was just listening to, just to hear it out. Um, and I remember telling my husband, you know, I got this call. I should probably entertain the interviews because I just want to know what it's like. I, I want to learn 
the process and see what they're looking for. And gosh, I doubt that I'll make it through, but I just want to learn. Sure enough, the, the process happened. And then when the offer actually came, I, I mean, it was a shock. It's a completely different. I mean, it's like, honestly, like jumping off a cliff. It's like you've gotten to that height in your career and then there's this cliff. And somebody tells you, if you jump off, you know, you may fall and fall flat and die on your face or you may jump off and fly. And I was like, hmm, okay, let's, let's take the risk and, and see what happens. I didn't want to like a couple of years later look back and say, there was this great opportunity and I didn't take it. And of course, you know, the NFL, it's the biggest platform in sports, arguably in America, um, will soon be hopefully in the world. And just the opportunity to storytell, to elevate communities. I mean, everything that, what, that my purpose is, I kind of saw the alignment. It was about the opportunity to be visible and make a bigger impact and be able to elevate my community. Like it was just so great and it aligned. And I said, let's, let's do it. At Money Lion, we think money can buy happiness and that you deserve access to the same tricks, tips, and tools as the 1%. We want you to achieve your version of the American dream. So we built an app that can help you get there. From banking with no hidden fees to cash advances with zero interest or credit checks, MoneyLion offers a suite of premium financial products that can help you make your everyday money decisions a whole lot easier. We even curated a network of content creators who can educate you how to invest, borrow, save, and earn like the pros. Ready to take control of your money life? Join the millions of Americans who use MoneyLion every day by downloading the app today. I remember um, one of the first figures that I heard from PepsiCo was declaring pretty openly that like 65, I think, percent of their growth in the next couple of years, depending on the Latino community. So pretty much that was you, um, you know, like that started the baseline. We built a the, business case, yeah, you to built convince the organization that they needed to invest behind the Hispanic community. Are you applying a similar framework in the NFL? Yes, very similar framework. Now, granted, very different businesses, right? We're not selling products. But if you think about, you know, the business of the NFL, which is the game, mm -hmm. and all that the game represents, our fan base is so incredibly important. And when you took a look, you know, especially back when, you know, I joined and even a few years before, you took a look at the fan base And the fan base of the NFL is very homogenous, right? Um, tends to be older, mm -hmm. center, center America, tends to be, you know, more white male. And when you see the demographic changes in our country, yeah. the future is young. The future is multicultural. Uh, the future is women. The future is intersectional, right? So it isn't even about just Latino or African-American. It's about, you know, all these intersections uh, of ethnicity and culture. Um, and so it was really, really important for us. If we're going to be relevant, you know, five, 10 years from now, that we made sure that we reached out to that audience and that we grew that fan base. So that was an easier business case, mm -hmm. uh, believe it or not, to make, right? Um, well, it was much later. And it was right? much like later, the world yes. world is in a different place. And, it was much later. Yeah. But I do, want to, I do want to make sure that you tell the story of that Emmy Award campaign 
that made every Latino cry during the Super Bowl by seeing us for the first time in a two-minute video, seeing Diana running as a flagship, you know, like as a flag football champion, seeing the Latinos exposed there and how, but also I want you to tell the story of that, but how did you make it? So many of us, so many of the people that are listening to this podcast and Incorporate America try to make their their case relevant. Try to make sure that their companies understand their numbers and yet you know, like they, they only meet yeah. deaf um, ears or they just get closed doors. So tell the story of how did you make that incredible Super Bowl ad a reality, uh, the way that you did with the NFL and getting yeah. you know, like all those ads, but also how, like, what did it take personally from you? What, what was the wisdom? What's a playbook that maybe others can learn you from? You know, in a way, it's, it's funny because in a way, we just did. We just did it. I mean, it was we didn't overthink it. It was like, we have to tell this story and we did. But I will give you the, the, you know, the context and the backdrop. It was almost a, a perfect storm. One, we knew we had to expand our, our fan base uh, and we needed to reach much broader, you know, young people, Gen Z, women was very important, the Latino community. So those kind of were the three biggest things that we knew we, want, we needed to reach. At the same time, the sport of flag football is becoming so increasingly important to the league because flag football is the entryway into football. Um, and it really is the way that everyone can play the sport because it's a sport that no matter what gender, ethnicity, age, even ability level, you can play. Mm-hmm. And so the rise of that sport... I can play um, it though. You, you, you can say play. like anybody, No, 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 you can play. I've tried. Uh-uh. Uh, you know, the rise uh-huh. of that sport was happening at the same time as this other story of we needed to reach, you know, younger and a more diverse audience. And then the other perfect storm was that Diana Flores happened to win the world championship. She was the captain of the Mexican national team, captain and quarterback. And she was featured um, in a game in Los Angeles. I think they went out on the field and they recognized her. Um, the league made her captain of the Pro Bowl uh, with Peyton Manning, her her idol. So she was already somebody that we were placing a bet on, and you know, because she she was such a great, great she is such a great star. So all the stars kind of aligned. All all that that formula needed was just the belief and the push that we should do this. And you know, when you meet Diana. I mean, she's the most wonderful human being. How could you not tell her story? Her story is so powerful. And it just lent itself to that beautiful story arc that you need for a successful Super Bowl spot, right? It was drama. It was purpose. Mm -hmm. It was endearing because you saw her story. um, And it was representing a community that had never been heard at that stage, right? So putting her story front and center, the first ever, I think, don't quote me on this, but the first ever Spanish language commercial in the Super Bowl, um, that was that was great. And, you know, you, you had to do it that way because we could have very easily gotten an actress to play her and still told the story of women in flag football and made that scene with her mom in English, but that wouldn't have been her. It wouldn't have been a real story. Um, And the power of impact is always telling 
the authentic story, is always telling the real thing and putting it front and center for people to see. But I, I want to tell the story of Billie Jean because this was very important. So Billie Jean King was in the commercial. You know, she's the, I mean, she is the trailblazer in women's sports. And we thought it would be so special for her to appear in it, right, and give a nod to this wonderful woman tra trailblazer. And when we called her, I mean, she was absolutely thrilled. She wanted to do this for Diana, um, but she couldn't do it because we shot the same week as the Australian Open. And so she said, I'm not going to be able to do it. I have this conflict. Uh, well, lo and behold, a few days later, um, she called back to say she believed in it so strongly. Wow. She flew, I think, from New York to L.A., shot the commercial with us, and then flew to Australia. And that was just a testament of, I mean, her belief in, you know, this woman, Diana, and, and, a, and the bigger story of the power of sports, right? Women trailblazer in sports, representation in sports, uh, and just the impact that you have when you tell stories of communities that are not seen or heard. So very, very impactful. And yes, a big bet, uh, but a bet that, you know, all of those people, the village was, was willing to make, right? You can't make the bet sometimes on your own. You have to have the people around you, you know, believing in it as well to, to push it through. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our start up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. I do want our audience to, to not go and take a big bet before building credibility because I think that credibility is like a bank, right? You make yes. deposits and then there's a day when you need to make a withdrawal and you already came with a lot of credibility and I'm sure you started your time in the NFL building that credibility in-house and then you felt like you had the, the, the credibility, I guess, to, to say, okay, now let's take a bet together. But... Uh, like thinking of it as a bank, I think it's a good way of first Definitely. make deposits and then you make the withdrawal. And, and you know, there, are, there will be times when you won't be successful, many times. Um, I think the way you manage failure is absolutely critical in building your credibility because if you own up to it from day one, if you take responsibility Um, and if you immediately identify the learning, like mm -hmm. this is what I learned, this is what I'm going to change, and here's what we're going to do moving forward, that immediately buys you credibility. Um, if you try to point the finger at other people or claim that, you know, that, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but my team this, did this or, you know, or, or just make an excuse. Oh, it'll never happen again. I'm sorry. This, no, no excuses. You own up to it and you move on. 
um, that that help that definitely helps build credibility. So let's talk about being a Latina. Okay. I'm being Latina. So seventy six percent, seventy six percent of Hispanics, uh, Latinos, Latinx, whatever you want to call us, um, feel that they cannot be themselves at the workplace. So we come to you know, work with someone we don't even know and we leave ourselves at home and we bring that person that we think might have a chance of succeeding. So we want to talk about that effort. Yeah. Can you tell us, like, think about your time probably at Pepsi and earlier in your career. Do you feel like you had to hide some of your values as Latina and then inversely, were there elements of, of your culture and your upbringing that you dialed up because you thought they would help you in your career? Yeah, I never hid anything because I I just couldn't. I had to be myself. Now, I dialed up certain things for sure, um, but I didn't change. And even when I was told over and over, and I'll tell you the one piece of feedback that I always got, and to this day, maybe I'll write a book on this one, uh, but I was always told I was too nice. I'm way too nice. Um, you know, in business, you have to be ruthless. And in business, you have to, you know, focus and be assertive. And you can't be nice to people. And I just couldn't, I don't know. That, that's just a part of me I, I couldn't change, right? And so I refused to listen, which that might not be a, a good thing, but I refused to listen. I said, no, I, I think that you can. There may be a time when, you know, it's time to not be so nice, but give people the benefit of the doubt and be nice. So over time, I ignored that feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm still nice and it still worked out. So that one worked out. Um, I didn't have to sacrifice me, right? Who, me authentically because mm -hmm. I, I just, who I am is very important to me. So I never did. I think a couple of things. I did have to build some other, some other things, um, you know, my business presence, my knowledge. Um, I had to be trained on the vernacular of the organization. Mm -hmm. So when I was, you know, a young Latina growing up in the company, I was very casual because I am a casual person. Um, and so I would go in and, you know, sometimes with senior leaders and, hey guys, I have a great idea. And, um, and particularly, when you're trained in the sales organization and you're going up to the Walmarts of the world, you just, you cannot be yeah. that way. And so, yes, I had to learn to be very formal, to use the company's, you know, vernacular and language mm -hmm. um, and learn the business cold. Like I had to know my numbers, yeah. you know, like, like, they were second nature to me and I'm not necessarily a numbers person. And so I did have to work very hard to become a numbers person. So those things I had to build. Um, and then I did hide my, Lati like Latina wasn't a part of my early career. Because again, I wanted mm -hmm. to prove myself as a business leader. So who I am as a person, Marissa, I never sacrificed. I was nice, you know. I had fun. I talked about my daughter. Like, I'm a very open person. And that didn't change. But I never really um, explored or maximized the power of being Latina because I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was a power. I didn't know that it could change and make an impact. I didn't know until 
very late until Al Carey said, you need to do this. You don't understand. And that's when it just like, wow, it was the big, you know, aha moment. moment. It was my aha moment was, it's like, ponte las pilas. Like, you are Latina and it means something. And you should be driving with it. And that was late. That was not early in my career. That was much later. So I think that Latinas then are the perfect employees and the perfect leaders of the future. Because, I don't know, 50 years ago, people would actually have a career, the entire career in the same company, and your manager, the CEO could be pretty aggressive and not empathetic at all, but where would you go? And now, where do you go? Like, people are leaving jobs because they don't like their managers, because they're mistreated, and the tenure of people in companies is shorter, but they stay, they stick around for leaders like you that show empathy. And I don't know if you were experiencing this, but I, in the past, I'd say maybe five years, I've shifted how I even write job descriptions for people that come work Mm. with me because the jobs are so fluid. Like you come and I write a job description and then no job description had a generative AI three months ago and now it's all about generative AI. (laughs) So if you create a very rigid job description, you you bring the wrong person for the job. So being able to, to be flexible, it's I think super important. So Everybody should be employing more Latinas and Latinas. I Absolutely. I agree with that, 100%. Great. We have a, a couple more questions for you. Okay. What would you give yourself as advice if you were talking to 30-year-old Marisa, professionally? Uh, and you have to, like, <laughs> yeah. one, one the, tip. The, yeah, I, I would probably tell my younger self, take more risks. Like, life is way too short. Um, I think I was very calculated, you know, and, and I did plan a lot and I thought I'd overthought things a lot. And um, I think sometimes you just have to jump off the cliff. I mean, I, I did it very late, you know, in my, in my career and, it, and it's been amazing. You learn all these new things about yourself. If I had been doing the same kind of cliff jumping back when I was 30, I mean, gosh, who knows? Maybe I'd be an ambassador now. (laughs) Um, But, you know, everybody finds their time, but I I really wish I would have taken more risks uh, earlier, earlier in life. So I think that the last question is, any final message for our audience looking at, you know, like looking at you and saying like, okay, how, how do I do this best? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a journey. Like it's not... There's not a like a formula that you have to follow, and all of a sudden you're successful. It's a journey. You learn along the way. You you step back. You have failures and and drawbacks that you learn from, and then you you keep going. I think for me, the thing that's kept me going is you know that inner fuel. It's my purpose. You know, it's my parents. Right. I live to honor their legacy, um, and it's my community, right? I want to I build my community. That fuels me. So find whatever it is that fuels you because the days are long, the days are hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all roses out there. So you have to find the thing within you that just powers you forward, um, you know, and makes you give that impact. Okay, great. 
All thank right. you, Marisa. Thank this you. was great. Yes. Incredible. Great. Thank you so very yes. much, Marisa Solis, Senior Vice President of Global Brand and Consumer Marketing of the NFL. It was a pleasure having you here. It was yes. a pleasure being here. For thank uh, you. ambassadors, we don't vote, right? So I, I, <laughs> no, I would vote no, no. for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can influence. Okay, yeah, tell me yeah, what yeah. to do. Gracias. <laughs> Gracias. Ciao. Thank you. I mean, we have a Mexicana distinguida. Maybe Exacto. she can, she can sí. help us figure it out. Where is it? Una rayita más al tigre. Una rayita más al tigre. Okay. Bueno. I love it. This podcast was proudly produced by... The struggle is real, and we know that firsthand being daughters of hardworking immigrants. That's why on La Lucha is Real podcast, hablamos un poquito de todo. Somos Angel and Edith, long-term best friends who have authentic conversations, giving us space to be vulnerable without judgment because La Lucha is real. We want all of our amigos who listen to us to feel a part of the conversation and feel empowered to become a better version of themselves. A veces bromeando y a veces llorando, pero siempre mejorando. La Lucha is Real podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts.